When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. Right! This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Good Thursday morning, summer Thursday morning here on Birds 365. Yes, we're talking football even though it's summer. And oh, by the way, it's summer as per any way you mark it. Uh, On the calendar with the summer solstice or Memorial Day or last day of uh, kids school. Well, maybe there are some kids that are still in school. I don't know. I don't have kids of that age. It's the summer. You wouldn't know out walking a dog this morning, Johnny Mac, would you? No, man. It's it's turned. It's dark. It's depressing. It's it's like sixty five degrees. It's cool. Yeah. So hopefully little, it turns. Little chill in the air when I got the dog out this morning, which I couldn't believe. It's it's summer, right? It is officially summer. You wouldn't know it when you're out at six o'clock in the morning. But we're here bright and early. Would you appreciate your streaming it with us? We got two hours of Eagles talk for you and two good Eagle guests that we'll give you the details on coming up in just a second. 
Uh, Johnny Mac at summer because we've it is the season of lists and we all have our lists and uh, we're going to run it down each and every single day for the next however many days it takes. I guess we got now uh, on Sports Illustrated. Do you and Ed Kratz do a release on the weekends too, Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, you have... yeah, every day. Okay. So we'll yeah, have to do day. catch up on Monday of a couple of days over the weekend. But uh, John and Ed combined a top 25 list. They both voted uh, and combined them together, come up with a top 25 list for the Eagles going into the season, projecting their level of importance by the time we get to the end of the season. Uh, you had Kenny Gainwell at number 25, Nick Morrow at number 24. Who do you and Ed Kratz have at number 23? Number 23, Reed Blankenship, penciled in as a starting safety. Quite, you know, I always talk about the the advancement of uh, Jalen Hurts in a calendar year. Now, different levels, I'm not trying. But the advancement of Reed Blankenship in a calendar year is pretty impressive in its own right. Um, if you go back to the 2022 draft, um, the Eagles spent a whole heck of a lot of money on their undrafted class. Um, it was considered one of the best in the NFL. Carson Strong. Where is that Carson Strong right yeah, now? Good question. I'd have to look it up. I, I think he was playing in the XFL, USL, one of those things. But uh, a bunch of other guys. Noah, Ella, uh, uh, Elise, who's still here. Um, a brother of Christian. Um, but he was hurt, you know, uh, coming out of his pro day towards Achilles. So they thought so much of him. They knew he wasn't going to play, but they thought so much of him. They brought him in. Uh, so keep an eye on him. Kennedy Brooks, who was like still here, was a three-time thousand-yard rusher at Oklahoma. Um, you know, some pretty high-profile guys that were supposed to be draftable commodities. Not only Mario Goodrich, Josh Blackwell, all the corners, Josh Job, who made the team. Josh Sills, who made the team until he got in trouble now on the commissioner's exemplist. They had a lot of undrafted guys who were considered, you know, draftable commodities by at least some. And way down at the bottom of that list was Reed Blankenship. They gave him five grand to sign, $5,000. And we know the high profile rookies. We know. Jordan Davis, Maxwell College Player of the Year, Kobe Dean, Butkus Award winner, Cam Jurgens, star center in the Big Ten, or whatever Nebraska. What is Nebraska in now? I don't even know. I gotta, I gotta keep, uh, I gotta, I gotta keep that stuff straight. But he was a star at the co college level. The best rookie they had last year was Reed Blankenship. That's true. The best rookie they had last year was Reed Blankenship, and that's not an overstatement at all. Um, and now he's kind of entrenched. So it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, who it, even go to the first round picks and I'd have to look it up. Did any safeties get drafted in the first round last, last, last year? I don't remember what the top. Um, I'm, I'm looking it up real quick. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Daxton Hill from Michigan. Um, he went in the first. Yeah, he went thirty-first overall, back to back. Lewis seen thirty-second overall. Oh, that's better right. than both those guys. Better than both those guys. Now, long term, we'll see. Although I was just reading something about Seen. He's for, he's he's the fourth safety in Minnesota, so really? he's not going to play. 
He's not going to play again. Daxton Hill's probably going to play because they lost uh, uh, Jeremy Bates. Um, and maybe he turns out to be a star. It's pretty amazing. You know, everybody missed on Reed Blankenship. Uh, and even the Eagles, I don't want to give them too much credit because they were like, eh, we'll yeah, they give them five, five grand. 5000 whole dollars. Yeah, we'll give them five grand to come in. And, you know, I remember talking to Denard Wilson uh, when he was still here. Um, he said, when the pads came on, he started showing up uh, and it never stopped. And slowly behind the scenes, nobody even knew, right? Nobody even knew. Everybody assumed Kayvon Wallace was the top backup at safety. And then all of a sudden, uh, CJ gets hurt and reads out there right. because he impressed Denard Wilson so much in, in practice. Um, and then to double down on that, Jody, remember when CJ came back and it became, hey, you know what? Well, CJ's played nickel in New Orleans, played slot corner. He's very good at it. Uh, Avante Maddox got hurt. Let's let's play Reed at safety and let's put CJ in slot when we have uh, five DBs on the field instead of Josiah Scott. And they did that because Reed was so good. Right. And, you know, first undrafted rookie, only undrafted rookie, to ever intercept uh, Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. Strips Ebo Samuel, recovers the fumble, and was impressive. Now, we'll see. He played about 340 snaps when he included the playoffs. Um, still a small sample size, but it's not a tiny sample size. No. It's not – and we'll see if he, as he becomes a three-down player if he can keep it up, but it was pretty – Darn impressive the way he played last season. And the fact that they let both CJ, GJ, and Epsi walk out the door. And they both got good paydays. I'm, I'm not suggesting the Eagles made a mistake at not keeping either of those guys. They both got paid. Maybe even Epsi even more than CJ, GJ. Uh, he, he did get himself a good deal with the Raiders. Um the, the Eagles might have been more aggressive in attempting to keep both of those guys if Reed Blankenship hadn't have done what he did. That they were, okay, we can hand a starting spot over to him. He played as much as he did for us last year. We're not taking that big a chance. We know we got to replace one of the two, but we can plug uh, him in for one of our two departing starty, starting safeties. That says a lot. So uh, I like your pick of uh, Mr. Blankenship. I told you uh, I felt bad. You and Eddie Kratz putting the work in, so I worked up my top 25. I had Zach Mack at number 25. I think he steps up this time, this year and gets a chance to show that he belongs. Christian Ellis, because I'm sorry, I'm just not a fan of uh, Nicholas Morrow, and I actually think if I'm wrong about this one, it'll be because the Eagles go out and get another linebacker. If they don't, I think Ellis is going to play a lot. So I, I slotted him in number 23 and uh, 24. And number 23 is, for me, Edmonds. Uh, I'll go him first, bottom up, on my safety. Safety is a position we're going to question plenty about this Eagles during the offseason. I think Terrell Edmonds is going to play, and I think he's going to be a fit. 
because this is no longer Jonathan Gannon's defense. I think Sean Desai will keep the major concepts in place. I don't think you're going to see drastic changes, but I think you'll see some differences. And one of them is the possibility of having five, uh, five DBs on the field this year, less linebackers on the field. And if that's the case, Edmonds is going to be the guy who's going to be the box safety. He's going to be the one who's coming up and helping more in uh, run protection. Uh, Blankenship was good last year. I think Edmonds, with his experience in Pittsburgh, will be tasked to be that extra guy in the field. I don't think he's coming off the field much at all. Last year, did Epps play every single snap of the year? Almost. He was. Uh, he missed a, a few, uh, but almost. He was at 99%, so effectively – um, he he played the entire season. Right. So um, the Eagles are not afraid to keep their uh, the safety that they need out there, who does all things, maybe not great, but does everything uh, for almost every snap of the year. I think that's going to be Edmonds. I think he, he – I don't know if he's going to be a playmaker. He didn't put up ball-hawking stats when he was in Pittsburgh, but he's going to be one of those glue guys that they're going to keep in. So I, I've got him on my top 25. Terrell Edmonds is my number 23. All right, Johnny, before we punch up our first guest, BLG, Brandon Lee Gowton is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Did you see the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles going viral last night? I did not. This you is did news not. to me. Um, uh, yeah, I'm too busy being upset about uh, certain things we talked about before the show. Plus, you know, Field Yates upset me. Mike Florio upset me. So I missed. Uh, All right. I so we we'll get the uh, we we'll get the Yates and and Florio. Uh, we'll we'll put uh, Orange Cassidy aside. No, what I'm referring to is <laughs> last night they named the women's U.S. World Cup soccer team, and they had quote unquote celebrities welcome each of the ladies who made the team. Uh, Jill and Joe Biden did it. John Cena did it. Uh, Little Wayne did it. A bunch of celebrities, Tina Fey, were asked to, hey, congratulations, your spot on the team. And they went down through the entire U.S. women's soccer team, which they announced. And they asked Jalen Hurts to do it, which kind of came as a surprise to me. I didn't know Jalen was a soccer fan. I don't even know if he is a soccer fan or he just said, hey, Jalen Hurts is a uh, major name in the National Football League. Uh, let's see if we get him involved. So, yeah, last night he announced one of the uh, women that made the team. I, I'm sorry. I'm not a women's soccer fan. I'm, I'll be rooting for him just like everybody else. Uh, big fan of Ashley Sanchez, are you, Johnny Mac? Uh, I I can throw uh, Alex Morgan at at she you. She was named throw, not by Jalen Hurts. I could throw uh, what is it, Christine Press? I think is that is that a name? I know uh, Megan Rapinoe because she changed right. Her Megan Rapinoe's kind of yeah, she's kind of famous, more famous for her activism even than soccer. But uh, yeah, there's a few. Uh, right. But, yeah. Ashley um, Sanchez made the team. And uh, I used to be able to give you Julie Ertz all the time, obviously. Oh, you could give me Julie oh, Ertz. Julie's still on? Julie oh, okay. Ertz made the team the first one as a nice. mom. She's nice. been on previously. She's now got a chance to win a World Cup as a mom. She was announced last night, and they didn't give, well, Jalen and, and Zach played together, right? Yeah. 
even though Zach got traded in the middle of the year, they certainly played there. If you're going to give Jalen Hurts one to announce, why wouldn't you give him Zach Hurts' wife? That's it didn't true. make any that, sense. That, that would be the way to go, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, he, uh, he announced Ashley Sanchez. And between you and me, it, it, it just feels wrong to say anything bad about Jalen these days. He never mentioned her na- last name. He just said, congratulations, Uh-oh. Ashley, for making the team. I think it was the only one who the uh, person who introduced them didn't give both names first and last. I think he's the only one who kind of dropped the ball on that one. But, yeah, he was part of the group of giving out the congratulations and the official viral announcement everyone on the U.S. women's team. Only National Football League player asked to do so. He's a star, J-Mac. He is one of the superstars. Oh, yeah. Not not quite ready to go face of the league just yet. But he is not far from it, and he could become it at some point during his career. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me he's involved with something like that at this point. He's, you know, he's, you're right, he's not Patrick Mahomes level uh, yet, but he's he's top five level. And when you're a top five quarterback in the NFL, um, yeah, you're going to get endorsements. All that kind of stuff is going to come. Um yeah, it, it, now that you say it, it doesn't surprise me at all. But I agree with you. I would if 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 Julie's on the team, Julie Ertz on the team. Yeah, I mean, you why, gotta, why don't you have Jalen do her? So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but that's you know, that's PR people, and they probably don't put that two and two together. So, it was yeah. our uh, boy uh, Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Broad had the video announcement on his website. I watched it this morning just to see Jalen. Um, but uh, Julie Ertz was one of the women on the team. And somebody else got to introduce her. It didn't make any sense. All right. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, we got plenty to do over the next hour and 40 minutes, including two good guests. In hour number two, our buddy Jeff Mosher from inside the birds.com is going to jump in with us. And coming up in just a couple of minutes, BLG, BLG. You, you're a fan of his, right? You, you don't put him in the... RS. Yeah, man. He's not a joke like certain uh, goofballs that uh, Tony Khan likes as a fan and is too, uh, and is killing people with actual drawing ability by putting them in there. But I digress. I digress. Rob Van Dam and Orange Cassidy, two of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Uh, but no, we will not have RVD. We will have BLG. Brandon Lee Gowton. He joins us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Stay with us on Birds 365. It's summertime, both on the calendar and for the Philadelphia Eagles. Some downtime, so we bring in guys like our next guest to talk about the birds who live at 365, kind of like us. Brandon Lee Gatton from Bleeding Green Nation. Good enough to hop aboard. So when you're done in uh, your 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes with us, uh, what are you doing with the rest of your day, Gatton? <laughs> Trying to take advantage of uh, a slower time of the year. Uh, until it gets really busy again in late July, basically, you know. Maybe so, what are you going some... fishing? You going to the beach? Some errands? Lose you know? some money at Philly Park? Yeah. What do you do when you got it down? I ninety five live stream. Maybe <laughs> yeah, some of that. that uh, yeah. Looking forward to that being uh, apparently <laughs> temporarily fixed this weekend. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, a mix of things. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. This is the time of the year you got to get stuff done, Jody. Um, yeah, this is the only Fixed time. Flat tires, yeah, I know. Yeah, things just pop up. I know. that happened to me yesterday. Yeah, never. And the, and the weather's not helping. It's no mm. fun. It's summer, and look, it's terrible out. But anyway, um, it's not terrible for the Philadelphia Eagles, according to everybody else. BLG. This is a very talented football team. I think we all agree with that. Jody brought up CBS. They had a top one hundred poll. I was like. I was doing it in my head. They could have 12 players on that list. They had, what, nine, nine. Jody? Nine it could be up to 12. I mean, they have a lot of talent. But, you know, there are a couple issues with this team that I think everybody kind of glosses over. And it starts for me, you know, you look at PFF, the number one offensive line, number one defensive front, number two wide receiver group, top-tier quarterback we all know. Linebacker, 31 of 32, according to PFF. Running back, they're in the 20s. I forget the exact number. There's some issues on this team. Are they getting glossed over, BLG, because of all the the high-profile stars? I think there's a, you know, it's easy to kind of lose sight of, you know, every team's going to have their hole somewhere. You know, there's no perfect roster out there, really. Uh, Ask Peter King. 
<laughs> well, I think, again, the closest thing we saw uh, to that may have been the Eagles last year. And even then, they weren't the team that lifted the Lombardi at the end. So, um, you know, I, I think they're still in a very, very good spot. But I guess I think one of the bigger concerns I would say is that everyone basically either met expectations for the most part or overachieved last year. Yeah. The rare exceptions of like, you know, Wes Watkins had Robert Quinn in there after they traded for him. Um, sometimes you might have a year where there's a good player and it's just not their best year. It's not going to say, um, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm just take a, a player who's on the Eagles who's good and you think, okay, well, maybe they have not like their best version of themselves last year. And if that happens with a couple guys, all of a sudden they're not quite as good. Um, so I think about things like that, you know, obviously the health, you think about how, I think one of the things I've been thinking about recently, there was a good piece out about this recently about how the Eagles were so far ahead in, in games last year where Jalen Hurts didn't even have to throw a lot in the fourth quarter. Um, probably not going to do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, me... the, they did run the football. I think that was Rube. I think that was Rube is pointing out uh, they were running the football a lot late because they had a lot of leads, which makes sense. And if you're behind, you're going to throw the football more. So that's why I'm not a big fan of run-pass ratio. Tell me the score in the fourth quarter. I'll tell you what the run-pass ratio is going to be. Um so, yeah, I'm with you that uh, a lot of guys had career years and you generally don't go career year, career year and keep ascending to that level. So I'm with you. But you, you, before I get to that, I can't get past, you know, Nicholas Morrow. It's the second linebacker. I can't get past, um, is it going to be? Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship, are we confident? We were just talking about Reed because we're doing our top 25 Eagles uh, at Sports Illustrated BLG. And Ed Kratz and I had Reed at number 23. He had a great rookie season. <laughs> I pointed out that there were two safeties drafted in the first round. Uh, Daxon Hill, Lewis Seen, better than both of them. Now, Seen got hurt, but he's still the fourth safety in Minnesota. Hill's probably going to play this year. He didn't play that much last year. We'll see long term. Eagles got, got him for five grand. He's making plays against Aaron Rodgers and Debo Samuel. That was a special, special season. You're you're starting to convince me. Maybe special just isn't there this year. Hmm. Well, with Reed, um, I do think you know there's positive signs with him. Uh, take it for what it's worth, but he was like Pro Football Focus's tenth highest rated safety yeah. last year. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, and but I, I think we saw an impressive player when we saw him in training camp too. So I think there there could be something there to him. At least I don't know being you know a star, but at least a uh, a, a good starter or a guy who at the very least I think is going to be one of three safeties. I think Eagles are going to find a way to get Reed Blankenship, Terrell Edmonds, and Sidney Brown at some point all on the field there. Uh, but you know it's a question mark, especially when you're losing a guy who had six interceptions last year and Chauncey Gardner Johnson made plays. And then a linebacker real quick. I mean, uh, I'm surprised there's any concern there. Christian Ellis is clearly the next coming of uh, <laughs> Brian Erlacher, um, Fred Warner. I mean, he's just going to he's gonna make sure the Eagles are, are great there. Didn't know they were going to transfer the NFL to seven on seven during the regular <laughs> season. I, I they might, that. Jody. It might, might, might be a memo. few years. Might uh, be a few years, but it might be seven on seven down the road. Let me uh, try and fill in a guy on uh, one of the descriptions you used, uh, BLG. Some guys have 
tremendous years, and then you don't know if they're that's their norm or did they have a career year and overachieve? Or a guy could just have a bad year that he's actually better right. than what he showed the previous year and then uh, either rises to that level or re-rises to that level if he'd done it before. What's Quez Watkins? Hmm. Well, if you listen to the Eagles, they're not too worried about him at all. And I certainly think it was an intentional effort by Nick Sirianni to, to gas him up a little bit because uh, that was out of character for Nick to really highlight a single player when he was asked about who impressed in the spring. I think, uh, <clears throat> look, we've seen Quez have some flashes before. I don't think this is a situation where like he can't play at all. He has no kind of NFL skills or talent. I don't think that's the case. But the way I think about it after last year is that He's lost all right to benefit of the doubt. I mean, he, he did not come up big in very big moments, although he had limited opportunities time and time again. I, I think he proved he couldn't be trusted. And I think he kind of has to re-earn that trust back before he can kind of have that same role. Um, I think something that I, I don't really understand when Sirianni and um, I guess the organization as a whole defend him is like his lack of production. It wasn't, no one's criticizing him for being like, uh, whatever targets or yards he it wasn't about that. It's not about being a volume player. The Eagles already have AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. He's not going to be a volume player this year again. Um, it's about making the plays that come to you and being efficient. And he just was not trustworthy at all last year. Yeah, and I kind of took that BLG as just the guy trying to sort of boost the confidence of a player that might be, uh, you know a little bit second guessing himself after having uh, a bit of a down season. So I don't have a problem with Nick doing that. Uh, we'll see if it, my bigger concern is, you know, and you're right. I mean, the, the top two receivers are so good. You, you can't have everything. Right. So, you know, you start talking about Quez Watkins is three, whether it's Alameda Zacchaeus pushing him, uh, but he's more a traditional slot guy. I don't know if he can play as outside as much as Quez can. So you kind of limit yourself. And then after that, it kind of drops off a table, like Britton Cubby's next. Mm. And then you have, you start talking about the undrafted guys, Joseph Dotto, Jaden Hazelwood. It's like, boy, man, you know, forget about a serious injury. Obviously a serious, you can't replace players. Like you're you're forgetting Greg Ward. (laughs) I'm I'm not forgetting Greg because he's always there you can't forget greg he's you just did well Skip right over Gre- him are you greg- telling me right now he's the eighth wide receiver on the depth chart, depth chart johnny mack is that no 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 me? what i'm trying to say is is this he's not now i didn't mention Devin allen either because i don't hmm. think he's relevant uh, in this conversation my point is if 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 and again, I'm not even talking. You cannot replace players like AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. You're going to take a hit. But if, if if other guys are forced to play, even if it's for a couple weeks, high ankle sprain, something of that nature, you know, guys like Greg Ward, Devin Allen, they're they yeah, they're ahead of the undrafted rookies right now. But they can't play major snaps with production in this league. They can't. So who does that? Can't be Britton Cutby, who I love, mm-hmm. nicest guy in the world. Can't do it. You got to go. You got to find somebody else. Who's that somebody else? It's maybe a little underreported depth issue for the Eagles. 
Yeah, it is a steep drop off there from the top two, certainly. I think Alameda Zacchaeus is a kind of an underrated player um, in the sense that uh, he had a pretty decent year last year. And they Eagles only got him for what, like 650K guaranteed? Like, yeah. And for an offense, I think the interesting thing with him and his fit in this offense is that you know, there's a lot of criticism last year of, uh, well, first of all, there was not a lot of criticism of the Eagles offense at all. There wasn't much to criticize, but yeah. one of the things there was kind of like an issue with, I think people would, would highlight again and again is the lack of like hot routes and the lack of getting out the ball um, quick against the blitz sometimes. And now I think Hertz got better as the season went along against the blitz, but I think maybe if the Eagles are looking for someone to kind of to counter that, maybe that's where Alameda Zacchaeus comes in being that traditional slot receiver kind of working the middle of the field, um, being able to make things happen after catching the ball short and then turning up field, maybe he kind of gives you a new element in the offense this year in that kind of role. Um, so I think, you know, I think he would step up certainly uh, in, in volume. I think he showed that he can handle some of that. He's not going to be your top receiver, but I think he can be a, a top three in the event that there's an injury. Um, you know, there's no great answer. We'll see if anyone steps up from those wide receivers and undrafted rookie free agents. Um, you can look at maybe there's someone still to be had, not, you know, anyone super crazy out there on the market, but maybe someone who can at least like fill the Zach Pasqua role for a little bit. Um, so there's still time. If uh, AJ or Smitty were to go down with an injury in game and they're done for the game and they're out early first quarter, what do you think the chances are they go more 12, that they get an extra tight end in there rather than push their wide receivers um, do you think that a uh, Calcaterra could spread out? Do you think they'd go uh, with Goddard more spread out and more stall in tight? How much of a tight end solution could be the Eagles if they had an in-game guys done for the day injury to one of their top two wide receivers? Yeah, I would keep an eye on uh, Dan Arnold in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. some pretty That's good what catches. I was going to ask you, Dan. Dan. Yeah. How relevant is he? I think he's he's in, he's in the mix. He's a factor here. Um, he certainly has some pass catching ability. Not only you know did we see that in a couple mini camp or OTA practices in the spring, but yeah. uh, I think back to that game he had against the Eagles, and I believe it was 2020, and some other highlights in his career. He clearly, he can catch the ball a little bit. So I think you know he could be a factor. Uh, yeah, I think you. It's not like you're running your base offense. I think at a 12 at that point but i do think you know that's a tool in the toolbox that they have they, they could go to um so yeah I, I would throw him in as an underrated name yeah i mean w- we only got a hundred minutes of watching this team but but everybody talked about christian ellis for obvious reasons he made splash plays and seven on sevens take it for what it's worth but both practices dan arnold made splash plays he he looked like a much better receiver putting Dallas Goddard aside than mm-hmm. anybody else, yeah, including Grant Calcaterra, including Tyree Jackson. He's a step above those guys as a receiver. Evidently can't block a lick, mm-hmm. but if you're 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 trying to go about things a different way, I I think he's got a chance to make this team. I really do, Dan Arnold. And I think Grant Calcaterra might be in trouble because I don't know if that gap is closing so it becomes you know that discussion all right does he have the upside to say we'll keep him over the guy who's clearly better right now a lot of a lot of teams do that if you're a super bowl contender 
should you do that? I, I would think seriously about keeping Dan Arnold around. Yeah, Calcaterra is a little bit older <clears throat> for a rookie, too. Yeah, he's like, I think he's going to be 24 this year. Dan Arnold's 28. So it's not like maybe as big of a gap you would typically think between uh, a guy entering his second year and a guy who's been around a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I think you have to go um, at that spot, like who impresses more. Calcaterra also obviously has that extensive um, injury history. Um, the concussions and whatnot. Also, he was banged up last summer after showing some promise. Um, so, you know, I think it's kind of the best man wins uh, situation. You might be able to get Calcaterra to the practice squad if he's not really even lighting it up anyway in the preseason or anything. But, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good uh, spot to add some more competition because, um, you know, we talked about wide receiver being thin behind the top guy. I mean, you know, Dallas Goddard goes down. You're not exactly uh, brimming with a lot of pass-catching talent at that spot. And uh, they, they they did get by with Goddard missing five games. People forget that Goddard missed five yeah, games. Yeah, they persevered, but they had to play differently. I, I just wrote about that at SI, and it was – I Stoll played like 80% of the snaps, and he did a good job. But I think he caught seven passes over those five games, and Calcaterra caught like four. So they had to go about it a different way. But they definitely persevered without him, and I was surprised. But they lost the production at the position from a receiving standpoint, which makes sense. I mean, Dallas is, Dallas is really good. So that right, makes but sense. They, they didn't lose games. That's the most important thing, despite the fact that they saw a production drip at the tight, at the tight end position. Didn't matter. They kept winning games because they just went more to Smitty and more to AJ. Uh, so it, it didn't end up being something that they had to pay a price for. All right, BLD, let me ask you about this, because John referenced it in the opening segment. We haven't gotten to it yet, but we'll drag you into the mix. John's not happy with Mike Florio right now, and understandably so, because Florio (laughs) has once again decided to reopen a scabbed-over wound about tampering with Jonathan Gannon, and the Eagles lost the Super Bowl because Jonathan Gannon was dreaming dreams of the Arizona Cardinals. I get it. You're looking for clicks. You're looking for people. Do you think Mike Florio really believes this? Has he, has he become that big a conspiracy theorist that he, he needs to continue to, oh, there could be a lawsuit. Gamblers could say the Eagles lost the game because Jonathan Gannon was tampered with by the Arizona Cardinals. Why does he go there? I think his background as a lawyer is certainly contributing to this as well. He no. seems to like to uh, insert that, um, you know, uh, experience where he can. Um, I do agree from a standpoint of uh, it's hard as someone if you know who had any kind of vested rooting interest in the Eagles in that game. It's hard to reconcile that. Which right um, now I'd suggest all 187 of our viewers had a vested interest in it, right. and not every single one's going. Yeah, get him. Fuck this. Why the hell did we let this happen? <laughs> I think it's a matter. Of, yeah, but still, I think it's hard for people to reconcile that more than zero percent uh and any any a number more than zero with Gannon kind of being focused on a new job instead of the Super Bowl that's kind of I think that's unacceptable it's like that's not easy to really come to grips with does it make a difference in the end John, I don't know I, but I, I, I jump in here John I'll do it for you because <laughs> I know you'd like to 
Well, then why didn't that happen on offense? Yeah. Because the offensive yeah. coordinator had already met with Shane another Steichen spent Sh Shane Steichen spent more time with Indianapolis during the lead-up to the Super Bowl than Jonathan Gannon did with Arizona because he was allowed to, because he was on the second interview of the process and was okay under the rules. So he spent extensive time uh, mm -hmm. talking to the Indianapolis Colts, and it was obviously – well known he was going to get that job so yeah. i guess and none of it makes sense brandon from a I logic mean, standpoint yeah yeah i can't and i look you know i'm not gonna i'm pretty sure um the casinos aren't giving money back to people but um <laughs> uh, good point I, well I think... you know with mike florio real quick because yeah. i gotta get in yeah he's a lawyer he's also a grifter and i know mm -hmm. jody has a history with him and he might be the nicest guy in the world this is a this is laughable. This is lull season. This is beyond a nothing burger, as you mentioned. No, they're not giving anybody their money back. The fact that you lose in a big spot and the defense craps the bed. Mm -hmm. it, 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 again, the only difference between Super Bowl 52 and Super Bowl 57, the Eagles made the one play on defense. They were worse on defense in 52 mm. than they were in 57. But they didn't make the play in 57. You can't just say, oh, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, they're getting new jobs as back in 52, ultimately Frank Reich and John Filippo did. But they won the game. They won the game. Um, that's the only difference between 52 and 57. I get the disappointment part of it, but all the rest of it is just absurd. They, they miscommunicated. And by the way, BLG, so did the Chiefs. The hmm. Chiefs ran the wrong play, but Patrick Mahomes was able <laughs> to think on his feet and get people in the right position. Tip your cap to them. If I had my cap, I'd tip it to them. <laughs> I do think, you know, you still have to consider, and this isn't going into, I guess, what Florio was saying so much, but, you know, the, there was, the succession plan certainly seemed like that could have been altered in terms of, um, I mean, Vic Fangio admitted that, you know, um, <laughs> Or at least he, he didn't deny. He did not confirm. <laughs> he will neither, neither confirm or deny. Neither confirm or deny that he could have been the Eagles defensive coordinator still. And that makes logical sense, right? If the Eagles liked the Vic Fangio system so much and he was in the building to helping them, even if it was on offense, um, I'm sure they had interest in him to some extent in being their defensive coordinator. Maybe Deshaun decided to work so who knows. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it certainly it clearly wasn't handled right because, you know, that, that trade settlement thing did happen. Yeah, but some of these things are details not controlled by the Eagles. Arizona did what they did. They they were interested right. when they were interested, and they and that came after Fangio had already agreed to the become the Dolphins coordinator. Now the whole thing comes down to would he have gotten back on his word if it was just a handshake agreement rather than a written agreement? Maybe he would have from the way Vic is talking about. It. I yeah. assumed he wouldn't be unprofessional. I mean that, but that's just an assumption. If you agree to terms with, you know, you don't want to be painted as Josh McDaniels. Mm -hmm. Generally, you're a professional. And oh, by the way, the Dolphins made Vic the highest paid coordinator in the history of football. So, right. um, you, you know, I, I, I assumed he would not go back on his word. The timing of it, it was more Houston. Look, Gannon thought he was getting a Houston job. And a lot of people in this league did. And then all of a sudden they turned in a Two years direction. in a row, right? Two years, Two years in, in a row. row. People thought he was going to get the Houston job. <laughs> he didn't get it either time. Yeah. 
And when that happened, the assumption from the Eagles was he was coming back. And he, there was something from Gannon he was coming back because there were no other jobs uh, out there. Um, and they were like, all right, well, Jonathan's coming back, big. Go, go, go do what you want. Um, if, if, if Arizona never popped up, yeah, then I think Big Banjo would be the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, but they did. But the timing doesn't match up. And boy, I, people can't let it go. It's, it's, it's bizarre to me. It's bizarre. And, and by the way, if Darius Slay and James Bradbury and, 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 and CJ and, and Marcus Epps, who were the best team all year at communication, if they just played like they normally do, none of this would even be a conversation. They, they, they shat the bed communication wise. That's what happened. Or uh, Mahomes throws a laser to somebody else rather than just flip it outside. Oh, well, that's possible. So we'll, we'll never know. Uh, unfortunately, unless they play it back again this year and then there'll be other circumstances and situations. But let's talk about uh, the new defensive coordinator. I said earlier, I got uh, Terrell Edmonds on my top 25 Eagles. I think he's going to be a key contributor. I think we'll see some five uh, D-backs, three safeties on the fields look from them. I remember when Edmund was signed, John and I came on here and talked about you know, he doesn't really play the way the safeties have played the last two years, Nick Sirianni, two coaching years. Does he fit with this Eagles defensive mindset and the way they do things? Well, there could be some tinkering with it, with a new defensive coordinator. How apparent will the differences be on a day-in, day-out Sunday for someone like yourself, PLG, who's more than just watching the game, who's studying it and breaking down film after the fact? How different a defense do you think there's going to be between the 2022 Eagles, 2023 Eagles? Well, I think for all their for any faults they had last year, I think the organization as a whole was like happy relatively with you know uh, almost breaking the NFL sack record and whatnot and having a lot of success in a different a lot of different ways. So I don't think they're looking to reinvent the wheel necessarily on defense after that. Now, obviously. Um, you have to have change from year to year from a standpoint of you can't just literally do the same thing when teams are studying what you did and trying to uh, create counters to that and exploit those things. So you have to adjust from that standpoint, even if you keep the same coordinator, you didn't keep the same coordinator. So uh, Sean Desai is going to have his own vision on things. Um, the talent's different, especially, you know, you don't have Chauncey Garner Johnson, like I said earlier, making plays. Um, you have Terrell Edmonds, who... I think has had a nice career as a full-time starter five years in Pittsburgh, but he's five interceptions in 79 games played. So, you know, this isn't a guy who's necessarily a ball hawk. Um, But same time, I think there's kind of a a mold of safety in the NFL who there's guys who like don't give up those big plays um, as well. In addition to not necessarily making them, he doesn't uh, it's kind of a trade-off there. So, um, you know, I I think it's going to look different in the sense that, uh, personnel's a little bit different, coordinators different. Uh, we talked earlier at the top of the show about how you know you could have a guy who suddenly falls off. I think the quarterback position is something to watch there when you consider that um, that's not a spot where players typically always age gracefully, especially 30 plus. And Eagles have two 30 plus starters at that spot, and both of them were pretty good last mm-hmm. year. Um, so there's a lot of different variables that go into it. All right, so let me jump in and almost, if I'm interrupting, I apologize. One of the two guys either gets hurt because they're 30-somethings now or 
I bet against this, but you never know. A drastic drop-off that last year, you can't even begin to see that kind of level of play. Who's going to be the guy who's going to be tasked to step in and take that spot from the reserve Eagle corners? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question because, you know, they have Zach McPherson working in the slot here. That seems like a natural um, spot for him in, in the aftermath of seeing what happened last year when Josiah Scott had to play and really kind of was not good enough uh, when Avante Maddox missed time. But I guess, you know, you're looking at him potentially uh, as a top backup on the outside too. I mean, it could be Greedy Williams instead, but I don't think there's a guarantee he makes the team by any means. He did not receive so such a large guarantee that he's definitely on the roster. Um, and I think McPherson's kind of quietly bided his time here. Didn't really get an opportunity to play because the guys have stayed really healthy uh, the right. starting corners the past two years, not only Bradbury and Slay, but then also Steve Nelson and Slay in 2021. Um, yeah. I think there's there's some credibility to him being able to contribute as a backup. So uh, I'm interested to see if he gets that chance. All right, BLG, one more. I got to settle family business with one more uh, pundit out there this morning, and that's uh, Field Yates. Uh, and Field talking about one more offseason move the Eagles should make. And he went Yannick and Dockway. And I'm like, what in what in God's name? I and I just happened to be texting with a another uh scouting executive in the NFC. So mm. not not from the Eagles, but somebody else. And he was talking about their defensive line. And by defensive line, I mean interior, the 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 defensive tackles plus the edge guys, the Hassan Reddicks, Nolan Smith, people like that, all the edge guys, even though they're listed as linebackers. He met, he, he said they have 16 or 17 legitimate NFL players Mm. on their defensive line, on their 90 man roster, legitimate NFL, not stars, Mm -hmm. because he's talking about, the Janarius Robinsons of the world, the, you know, I assume uh, the Marlon Tui Pelotu. So not everybody's a star, but they're legit NFL players. 17, he said, which is absurd to me. Uh, Bucky Brooks called it the best positional group in the entire NFL, Mm. regardless of position. In other words, if you're looking at quarterbacks, running backs, the best quarterback group, the best, the best group in the entire NFL is the Eagles' defensive front, in his mind. Um, not they might not be number one, but they're certainly up there uh, in everybody else's mind. I think Pro Football Focus also had them at Adam number, number one. one. Yep, also had them at number one. Now he made the mm-hmm. assumption that well, look, they tried to get Robert Quinn, and we all know it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But why did they try to get Robert Quinn? Because Derek Barnett tore his ACL. Derek Barnett is back, and you had the layer. Of, you added Nolan Smith. So you had Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham and Nolan Smith and mm-hmm. Derek Barnett and everybody else. And you're going to bring in Yannick Adakwe. I think this just ignites the fan base and <laughs> uneducates the fan base. It drives me insane. It really does. Am I, I think, going too far? I, well, I think the people, the thing people miss um, in general uh, is like you know the players have a say too. He's a free agent. Why does why does Yannick? Yeah, why Ngake, would he come here? Yeah, yeah why does he want to come here 
and be in a spot where his snaps are going to be limited to some extent, just by even if he was like the top guy in theory, it's because of virtue of how they rotate. And he's not going to be the top guy because um, he's coming in here and he's going to be behind other guys on the depth chart or at least sharing time with them. So um, I don't think it's realistic just from that standpoint. But uh, if there is a good number to be that he's able to be had at, uh, I feel like you can never have two. There's no team that has like too many pass rushers and. I don't even know if Derek Burnett's going to be on the roster 100% this year. Yeah, well, they might trade him. Exactly. There's a, there's no question about that, but they might trade him because yeah, they have so much depth. Yeah. They, you know, not to bring in somebody else. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's likely, but, I mean, if they did it, um, I mean, I'm not going to say that's a terrible move if he's willing to take on a lesser role and, and be part of a big pass rush rotation. So when would you then buy if? And I know this is a big if, actually, it's probably an eliminating if. If DeAndre Hopkins wanted to come here and chase a ring like Ndamukong Sue did last year, would you bring him in and go, yeah, yeah, he's probably not going to be happy with his amount of targets, but so what? He can never have enough good wide receivers. We just talked about, yeah, there's too big a drop-off in the Eagle wide receiver room. Are the Eagles dropping the ball, not uh, talking to DeAndre Hopkins? I think if he was willing to take on a lesser role, then they, yeah, they should sign him. But I, again, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's how wide receivers in general think. I don't think that's yeah. how alpha. I mean, like, I, I always bring it up, but like AJ Brown last year, you know, could not have hard for him to have gotten more targets. I feel like than he did. And uh, there he is as the Eagles are beating the Giants 38 to seven in the divisional round. And he's still not necessarily happy with his workload. So that kind of <laughs> really says all you need to know right there. Yeah. Well, and that's a little bit different from the standpoint of the Eagles have a need at wide receiver. They don't have a need at, at, at edge rushers. So that's a little bit different, but let's bring in Hopkins. Let's bring in cook. Let's bring in, in Dockway. Let's bring in everybody um, for the Philadelphia Eagles at Brandon Gowton, how about, how about sure. Carson Wentz, his third quarterback? Yeah, why not? Come He's on. an upgrade. He's, He's an the upgrade. guy who helped the team almost get to the Super Bowl before he got hurt. Come on, add him to the roster. How about adding a linebacker? Maybe mm-hmm. that, uh, before you get to all the other stuff, maybe try adding a linebacker. Add, add Brandon Gowton. Make sure you follow BLG on Twitter. Uh, Editor-in-chief over at Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, BGN Radio with Jimmy Kemsky. You can listen to them there. They do a tremendous job covering this team. I'll end it here with you, uh, BLG. I thought it was interesting. I brought this up with a number of people. You know, Jason Kelsey's, we all know, is going to get a bunch of maintenance days um, um, as a veteran player, and that's how the Eagles do business. Uh, And we kind of saw that at the second OTA practice. He wasn't involved. And I thought it was interesting that they moved Cam Jurgens back to center with the mm. first team. Obviously, it's just individual drills because they don't do team drills. And they had Tyler Steen at right guard. It's interesting because you can take it one of two ways. They're so confident in Cam Jurgens handling both positions, they don't care. They're going to toggle them back and forth. Or maybe they want to get Tyler Steen up to speed. Did you take anything out of that? That hey, Jurgens is gonna you know because they got plenty of bodies. They got ninety guys. Anybody can play center in mm-hmm. individual drills. You can throw right. 
Brett Toth out there, Cameron Tom, um, on and on and on. Um, but no, they put Jurgens over there. I thought it was interesting. Your your take on that? I think they're hopeful that Cam Jurgens might be able to play at right guard. I think that's something they're hoping can happen. But I think they're also doing that while knowing that it might not be the right fit. And that doesn't mean he's a bad player. I just I think it's a lot of it's two small guys playing next to each other between Kelsey and Jurgens. Yeah. I, I love it. when we have the small guys in <laughs> NFL terms. Yeah. Relative yes, relatively yeah. speaking, they're two you can just see it. You look at it and it's like that's usually there's a bigger guy next to Jason Kelsey. And I think that's important. So I think like Cam Jurgens is I, I would think he's going to be the week one starting right guard. But if you ask me, and we did a little uh, game of this on BGN Radio last week, uh, Jimmy Kemsky and I, like, if, you're, if we're taking more snaps played at right guard this year, Cam Jurgens of the field, we're taking the field. And we actually mm. did a poll on Bleeding Green Nation too, and it's actually split at 51%, 49%, Jurgens having the slight lead there with about like 3,000 people voting. So people seem to be split on that too. I just think sooner or later uh, – Steen will be the starter or someone else will be at that right guard spot. It'll be fun once camp opens, but we have a month still till we get to camp. BLG, enjoy your down day. However you spend it, uh, please, please tell me you're not going to be watching the I-95 feed. You're going to do something <laughs> more exciting than watch the I-95. I got faith in you, buddy. I'm sure Thank you're you. going to get out and have a good time today. Thanks for spending part of your morning with us. Thanks, bud. Brennan Lee Gowton here with us on Bleeding Green Nation. Temporary fix. I, 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 I'm telling you, I'm going to have to stump for this governor if he can get this thing up and running. I'm impressed, Jody. I'm I'm on record. I'm impressed how quickly they're doing this thing. Because um, uh, I I was you know I'm I was a six month guy. Uh, you know, six months before they get that thing back up and going. But I, I guess say, it's so important. Yeah, they got to do it. I wasn't at six, but I was months plural like you, and he's going to get it up and running in weeks. Man, that would be impressive. All right, back and back, coming back. We got Jeff Motion going to join us 20 some odd minutes from now. Uh, yeah, I do want to revisit because we had BLG on. Uh, it's so funny. We brought up Florio yesterday. Now we're going to bring him up again today. And the fact that he just won't let this stupid oh, thing man. go. Come on, Howie's right. I mean, he's making Howie look good. He really is. Uh, he is king of the conspiracy theories. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, and uh, I want to expand on the conversation with John about uh, how different the defense will be with John Desai. Uh, that's the one legitimate conversation going forward that I think we can have is where is the Eagle defense going to turn to without Jonathan Gannon not look back at, oh, my God, they could have won the Super Bowl if Gannon was concentrating. Please stop. Hi, <laughs> he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Imaginations run wild. 
and time stand still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac here on Bird 365. Coming up in less than 20 minutes now, Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com <clears throat> podcast. Everything else, uh, Mosher always good when he jumps aboard, and he'll do so with us coming up in less than 20 minutes now. Uh, I promise we'll talk about uh, pro football uh, talk for a couple of minutes here. We'll get off. I don't want to beat it dead horse but it does uh when john brought it up early i was going to get to it a little bit later in the show when he mentioned in the first segment it's all right we're doing it earlier um and i will give mike florio credit because he finds new ways and he even took the responsibility off himself by saying it came from an email who suggested there could be actual lawsuits because gamblers could sue because the national football league allowed jonathan gannon to coach Despite the fact that he had been tampered with, who who would be sued? Gannon, the Cardinals, the Eagles, the NFL is one of those just sue everybody and see where the chips Well, I, I mean, to me, I mean, that's a cop out uh, from a standpoint of, you know, anybody can sue anybody for anything in this country, unfortunately. Is it, it doesn't even have a modicum of a chance to succeed? No. What the Cardinals did was they broke a rule and they were penalized. Um, again, you know, we talk about it all the time. Shane Steichen, because he was allowed, because these arcane rules, you know, between the Super Bowl, between the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, if you're in the game, you are allowed to interview with another team if it's a second interview, which is why Shane Steichen was allowed. Um in fact, I was talking to someone very close to that situation who told me, you know, he spent a ton of time with Indianapolis uh, in, in the week, not the week of the Super Bowl, but the week before. Um, and, and, you know, Jonathan Gannon was a first interview with a first-time general manager who probably didn't have a feel for the rules. Um, Monty Eisenfort, who's very close, they're friends. So that's why the whole process was late because Monty Eisenfort got the Arizona job late. And if he'd gotten it earlier, it wouldn't have been a problem. He would have interviewed him earlier. It would have been a second interview. Nobody would be talking about it. So the whole crux of this thing is the the arcane NFL rule book, the goofy rules. Well, you can have a second interview, but you can't have a first interview. Does that make sense, Jody? None. None. Zero. They just, you know, you you make up rules and that's the rules and you're supposed to abide by them. And by the way, I give the Eagles credit for saying, you know what? We deserve something. They broke a rule. Take advantage of it. Went outside the margins. I have no problem with the Eagles gaining draft capital because the Cardinals made a mistake. But what I'm not going to do is lie to people and say this is a big deal. It's not a big deal. Shane Steichen spent a ton of time with Indianapolis because he was allowed to, and he wasn't affected, and he did his job in the Super Bowl. And even though they don't want to hear it, so did Jonathan Gannon. 
the players made mistakes on, on in big spots. It happens all the time. It happens in, in, in week eight, in week six, in week five. You know, this was the 20th game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I say it all the time. Of all the teams that played the Fangio-like scheme, the Eagles did it best. The Eagles were number one. And the reason they were the best was because of their communication in the secondary. That's my big problem with this scheme, especially with young players. You see busted coverages all over the place. The guys who are effective in this scheme are the savvy players. Think about the Eagles, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, savvy players. You know, as bad as 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 uh, uh, Minnesota was, their best player was Patrick Peterson. Think about Patrick Peterson. PFF had him number seven overall. He's, he's seen everything. Savvy player. Understands how to play all these zone coverages. How to manipulate. How to mix and match. It, 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 you know, young players are like, oh, oh, I'm, oh, and boom. Somebody's running, um, running alone. That was the disappointing part. But you, you know this, Jody. You've been on the air for so many years. When things go well, the players are great. When things go badly, the coaches stink. And the coaches know that. Yeah, and that's that's what's bothering me about this ongoing, never-ending story, specifically here to the Philadelphia Eagles. Shame on Jonathan Gannon for one iota being distracted going into the biggest game of the <laughs> Super Bowl. That's never happened before. A coach is being talked to about potentially becoming a head coach somewhere else who's a coordinator of a team who's playing in the Super Bowl. Damn, that never happened before. Jonathan Gannon is the first and only one who potentially, and that's all you can say because you weren't inside Jonathan Gannon's head, potentially could have been distracted. Oh, you have to go all the way to the other side of the ball to find one. Shane Steichen spent more time, was at least reasonably thinking more about his new job than Jonathan Gannon was. But somehow nobody ever brings up the fact that was Shane Steichen actually distracted going into the Super Bowl because he was thinking about who said nobody ever brings that up. But Jonathan Gannon, how dare he think about the Arizona Cardinals when he should be laser 100% focused on Eagles defense. It's such hypocrisy. It makes me nuts. Just oh, makes well, me nuts. You know, it makes me nuts. I've been talking about, you know, Shane, the same, the, the whole thing. I mean, you know, and then Vic made it worse uh, by, you know, his goofy um, congressional-like answer. I cannot confirm or deny. Um, yeah, I mean, it, look, the Eagles would have liked to have had Vic Fangio if they were losing Jonathan Gannon. Um they thought they weren't losing Jonathan Cannon. And by the way, the second part of this that makes me laugh, after the tampering, Jeffrey Lurie was still trying to lure Jonathan Gannon back. He was trying to make him the highest right. paid uh, coordinator in the history of football. Uh, <laughs> he was trying to lure him back. Um, if they were going to lose Jonathan Gannon, yes, Big Fangio probably would have been their number one choice because that's the scheme they run. It's a scheme that makes sense. Um, and by the way, that's, that makes Sean decide look bad, who is a, you know, Banjo disciple. Now he's like, Oh, we had to go to Sean decide because we couldn't get big Banjo because of Jonathan Gannon. 
this is all bullshit, Jody. I don't know how many times that people say McMullen likes Jonathan Gannon. I don't care less. I like Shane better than Jonathan Gannon. I'll be honest with you. I say it all the time. I, I don't give a rat's ass, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you and make make believe this is uh, a big thing because it's not a big thing. And no matter how many times Mike Florio wants to uh, conjure up these things and how he calls them a conspiracy theorist and whatever. I mean, this is this is nonsense. This is nonsense and to the nth degree. And you're right, uh, Sean Desai. Now, if you believe that the Eagles would have just turned the defense over to Vic Fangio if they'd known Gannett was going to be gone, um, uh, didn't get a chance to because he, despite leaving the door open, had already agreed to become the Miami Dolphins defense coordinator, where he's the highest paid defense coordinator. Now, Jeffrey showed because he was ready to pay through the nose to keep Gannon, make him paid on the level of a head coach just to be a coordinator. So, yeah, Jeff could have hopped into that boat and and, and paid the freight to get Fangio, but they decided to stay at Miami. Yeah, decides a fallback uh, hire. And is that going to come back to be a major story with this team going forward? Probably a little less than you would think because Gannon was so disliked. Much to your and my questioning, uh, the level of that dislike because the the numbers and results say he did a damn good job, but he was just not a fan favorite here in town. Uh, will will that become a storyline this year that they had to settle for Sean Desai at defensive uh, coordinator um, because yeah. the numbers aren't going to be as good, Johnny Mac? Yeah, well, that's the reason. I think it's inevitable at some point. Somebody's going to write that story. It's probably going to be unfair, too. But somebody's going to write that story because the numbers are going to be worse. And because Gannon uh, wasn't popular, and it's low-hanging fruit, as they call it in the industry. You can get engagement and same thing Floria is doing. And there's a lot of people because they get rewarded. I mean, you know, it, it, you know fans always talk about it. They don't like hot take artists. They don't like this. They don't like that. Well, don't give them air then. Don't 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 click on the nonsense. Don't engage with the nonsense. But they love it, so they can't help themselves. Um, so yeah, that's going to happen. And by the way, Matt Patricia being here only elevates it as well because you have a safety. Yeah, but that's net. on the Eagles. That that's yeah, that's, not on, on. that's that's on the Eagles, no doubt about it. And that's. That was a strange hiring to me. Um, yeah, let me let are, me ask you that. I can't believe we've never actually put it uh, to to a question this way. How do you think that came about? Because usually it's somebody knows somebody, somebody suggests somebody. There's some kind of tie to whatever. Other than the fact that Jeff Laurie is originally from New England, <laughs> I, I'm 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 reaching to figure out why Matt Patricia is here to begin with. What's the tie? What makes sense? Where did this get started? Other than I think Matt Patricia is a talented defensive mind, and I think he proved that over years in, in New England. Last year, the whole offensive thing just boggles my mind. I don't know what the hell Belichick was thinking, but he put in a lot of years on a great New England defense as their defensive coordinator. Why is he here as a advisor to the defensive side for specifically the Philadelphia Eagles? 
Yeah, I haven't talked to Nick about that yet, which is one of the things I'm, I'm uh, upset about in the offseason. We didn't get a ton of time. And one, you know, if you remember the um, um, the 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 one day where the Eagles had to push things uh, back because of the the wildfires and it, the the bad air, and uh, they were doing a play. They went into the bubble, right? Yeah, well, the day before that, we we had a session with with Nick scheduled um, uh, an embargoed session to talk about training camp, talk about the season, and I had planned to ask him that. It was supposed to be in the morning, um, and it got pushed back to the afternoon. I had an appointment. I couldn't stay. I never got to ask him the question, uh, and that's where I was going to ask him about uh, – uh, Matt Patricia and, and why, um, why he's here, the thought process behind it and, and all that kind of things, the extra, as I call it, the layer to the coaching staff. So I, you know, I'll find out eventually. I don't know. Um, they, I, I've been told they have a relationship. I don't know. You know, I mean, it's a coaching profession. Um, you know, you meet people along the way, there's no obvious connection. They've never been on the same staff. They're both New York guys. Um, maybe it's something to do with that. But I, I don't know the answer to that yet. Uh, I will okay. find it out at some point. Um, and, and, and Marcus Brady as well. Less, it's less of a, 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 and less of a big deal because I think people have a ton of confidence in Brian Johnson. And Brady was already here. And Brady was already here, and Brady was in Indianapolis, so you know, uh, you know, with Frank, and so there's that connection. But right. uh, so this is not as evident. But I mean, it was early on they were talking about him being the linebackers coach, Matt Patricia, um, and it seems like he got an even bigger role um, as a senior defensive assistant. But we'll kind of see how it shakes out. It is a new role. It wasn't here on the old coaching staff. Um, remember, they lost Denard Wilson and Nick Rollis as well, not just Jonathan Gannon. So if you were doing an Eagles depth chart on coaches, they lost their three top coaches. They lost, you know, Denard Wilson would have been number two. Nick Rollis would have been number three. And remember. On the defensive side of the ball you're talking about. Yes. Um and for those who don't know, Nick Rollis got did get interviewed to be defensive coordinator. Now he's a very young guy. He's the DC out in Arizona now. Um, but they lost a significant portion of their uh, defensive coaching staff. Um, so it's more high profile on that side of the ball. But both sides, that, that is a new layer to this coaching staff, Marcus Brady and, and Matt Patricia. Marcus was here last year after he got fired, not the whole year in Indianapolis, but right. he was just a, a consultant. Did and he was really helping. Fangio did on the other side of the ball. Yeah, but but Fangio was only a consultant for two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. And I think a lot of people don't understand. Marcus was helping the defense. um uh, uh, Vic for those two weeks was helping the offense. Um, and, and they kind of did it that way. They wanted, in other words, 
Jonathan Gannon would say, well, how would, you know, to Marcus Brady, it, it was Marcus's job to say, you know, all right, we're going to play this defense. How do you combat that as an offense and vice versa for big Fangio? Mm-hmm. So that's how they kind of worked it. Now this year, Marcus is helping the offense. Uh, Matt's helping the defense in a more traditional fashion. Um, so it is different. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Got another one of our favorite eager guys ready to join us. Coming up next, uh, you can read him on InsideTheBirds.com. Check out his podcast on InsideTheBirds.com. He's Inside the Birds, just what he is. He's Jeff Mosher, and he joins us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Edition of Birds 365. Mac, I'm back with. Oh, look who it is. Jeff Motion from InsideTheBirds.com. Been a month. How you been, Mosh? Yeah, I've been good. How you guys been doing? 
Doing well. Good to see you, Bose. Um, uh, I, I don't. I think you popped in after Jody and I were talking about it, but we're, we're we were talking about Matt Patricia, and you know, to me, it's kind of a. I don't want to say strange, but you know, it's kind of a a ballsy hire. Let's say that because of his relationship with uh, uh, his prior relationship with Darius Slay. Plus, you have a young defensive coordinator, and all of a sudden, sitting on his shoulder is this accomplished Bill Belichick guy who's done it all in this industry. With you know, even though he wasn't a success in Detroit as a head coach, heck of a defensive coordinator. Um, couple questions for you. I know you and Adam are plugged in when it comes to coaching, uh, positions around the league. I haven't gotten a chance to ask Nick yet what the relationship was, you know, how did this come about? Do you guys have any Intel on that? And then the second part is just the new, and, and this is kind of a new layer to the coaching staff, not just Matt, but Marcus Brady on the offensive side, you know? with young coordinators do, do you like that philosophy to have that that better sort of stewardship as senior assistants yeah john i you know i like um i like having good coaches on my staff if you know if i'm a head coach or if i'm running a franchise the one thing i i want to avoid which the eagles could not avoid uh three years ago was a situation where you have too many chefs spoiling a brew and that was you know back when Jeffrey Lurie and how he felt like the offensive staff needed a, a lot of changes. Carson had been playing well. And then next thing you look up and you've got Doug and Press Taylor and Marty Morningweg and Rich Scangarello and Andrew Briner. And, you know, all of them are supposed to add X to the offense or Y to the offense and Z, but it felt like the offense did not look good in that case. And, and you never really knew who was responsible for what and, you know, how that flow of ideas was going in the, in the meeting rooms, but you knew that the product on the field wasn't good. So um, I, in this case, you know, I think, so let's go back to the, the Patricia thing. Uh, that might've been a Sean Desai um, inspired hire and more so than a Nick Sirianni one, because back at the combine, I remember being there. Okay, so at the Combine is basically where they finalized the contract with Sean Desai. And uh, I remember running into some people who knew Sean and said that he already had some people in mind to um, be a senior assistant because Sean had only been coordinator yeah. for a year. He's still a fairly young guy. Uh, one of those guys was um, uh, Mike Pettin. All right. And the other name that I had heard was was Matt Patricia. Uh, I only went with Petten on Twitter because I had more than one person be able to confirm that for me. Um, but I had heard Patricia and then uh, it kind of went away for a little while. And then all of a sudden came back uh, a little while later, you know, and, and they wind up bringing him in. I forget where the connection is. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, have to go back, re-look re into that. But I know he was sort of on the radar as soon as Sean Desai became you know finalized defensive coordinator now when you say the desai hire are you suggesting that desai was told we're gonna try and bring in a veteran guy to or it was no. desai's idea and he was saying to howie listen i'd like to have a veteran guy as my go-to bounce ideas off kind of thing uh whose overall idea was it that the need for this position had to be filled 
Yeah, the way I, I understand it just from talking to people who knew Desai was that these were Desai's guys. These were names that he had as far as people okay. he wanted to bring onto the staff. Interesting. He, that would make I, it. There, there, was, there was definitely a connection with Petten between him, I think, in Chicago. Right? Wasn't Petten there at one point? Uh, I believe he was. He's right. doing, he's doing yeah. his tour of the NFC North. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. I'm not 100% sure where the connection between him and um, Patricia was, but I remember looking at some kind of – maybe they both knew somebody and had known each other. But the, it was, well, Now I, that you say that, my guess would be Sean was at Boston College when right, Matt right. was uh, in New England. New England. I think that that's where the connection was. So. Yeah, so so that yeah. was Jody to answer your question. As I understood it, that was his preferences. Was to say, okay, thanks. Yeah, uh, well done. We solved one mystery, and that's because I couldn't I couldn't put it two together. And I heard there was a relationship. I was thinking Nick, and I'm like, well, where was their relationship? And um, but Sean, you know, would make more sense. DC, New England. Uh, you know, thick as thieves. Look at Temple. Look at the coaching staff. Look at all the Temple guys. Of course. Uh, now here with the Eagles. Um, so it is interesting. But, you know, I do give Nick Sirianni credit from this, man. When, when I first wrote about Matt Patricia coming here, Jeff, I said, you know, this kind of shows Nick's comfortable in his own skin because this is kind of this, as I said, it's kind of a ballsy move. Slay was not shy about saying, you don't like this guy. And that's right. a team captain, uh, veteran player, one of your best players. And he was like, hey, you know, you don't got to like the people you work with, but you got to be professionals. From that standpoint, I think it's a positive for Nick Sirianni. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, no, I, th I think it, it's a positive in two ways. One, it shows what you just said, the comfort in his own skin. But I also think it shows you the respect that the players – have for Nick, the, uh, especially Darius Slay, because Nick did say he talked to Slay about it before making the hire. And um, I don't know, Nick didn't really say, I have Slay's blessing, but he basically said we had a conversation about it and it's all good. So I think that if you're a head coach who doesn't have your finger on the pulse of the locker room or the respect of the players, you know, I think that that kind of move doesn't go over well. And maybe Slay doesn't... Um, you know, okay it or sign off or you have, you have issues there. And, uh, you know, maybe issues could arise from this. So it, it's a little risky, but you know, if anything, someone asked me like who has to be the bigger man here and it's gotta be Matt Patricia. You have to come into this oh, yeah. and, and say, I was wrong about Slay. I said he was no good and not as good as Talia. And this guy's been to the Pro Bowl four times since I pissed him off. So um, I got to come in here and sort of find my way and stay behind the scenes and do my job and not try to big time everybody like uh, like I acted when I was in Detroit. Most tis the season to put together lists. Everybody's got lists at every single position and grouping and everything. Yeah, I need milk, eggs, um, <laughs> out of fruit. That's that's a honey-do list for you yeah. for later on this afternoon, I can tell. Milk, um, and, uh, milk and eggs is one and one A. Right? Always. Yeah. <laughs> Ross Tucker, our buddy, does Eagle pregame show with uh, WIP as well, uh, came up with a list of the coaches in the National Football League, and Sirianni made it in at number five. I, I, I don't want to talk him down. Two years, 
I know he's the only coach in the NFL who's got a thousand percentage making the playoffs as a head coach, two for two. Um, but and he went to the Super Bowl, was tied with 10 seconds to go. Has he climbed up that high that fast? Is he the fifth best coach in the NFL? Well, I, I think the lack of longevity there really does become a little bit of an issue only because, you know, we could have all put Doug Peterson in the top five after his first two years, even though he you know made the playoffs once, but then wins the Super Bowl year two. And he was looking like a guy who was on that trajectory to be a great head coach. And then he had a kind of precipitous fall. So, um, I think he's on that trajectory again, though. Yeah, he might be right back up there. Yeah. I mean, and cracking the top five is pretty tough because you've yes. got your John Harbaugh's, you got your Mike Tomlin's, you obviously have your Andy Reid, Bill Belichick. Um, that's four right there. Pete and, Carroll. Uh, yeah, Pete Carroll, five. I think Sean McDermott, he hasn't been to a Super Bowl, but he basically took a Bills team that was a joke for 15 years and has them annually in the playoffs. So that's pretty good. Uh so I'm trying to think who else. God, there have been so many new coaches. Yeah. There's a lot. Well, there's always a lot of recency bias with, you know, Nick's been great. Nick's yeah. coming off a Super Bowl. But, you know, I look at you brought up Mike Tomlin. The guy's never had a losing season. Never. Right. In last year when they were about five games under 500, one yeah. player, it's like, oh, this will be the year. And then yeah. they still wound up not finishing under 500. Yeah. So I think there's something to longevity. I think Nick's uh, on his way, but. You know, to Nick's credit, and he's not the first coach to say this, but he he does say, show me a good coach and I'll show you a bunch of good players. The Eagles have some good players. We talked about Doug Peterson. He's back on the trajectory. Well, now he's got Trevor Lawrence, um, even Press Taylor. You were bringing up, you know, that sort of cluster, you know what, with Press and Rick Scangarella and um, Andrew Briner. Good poll, by the way, to get Andrew Briner in there. Thank you. Um, it, it, you know, I, he, he, I, I think the Eagles were, to be honest, very unfair, uh, when press Taylor was leaving, there was a lot of insults that probably weren't deserved. And all of a sudden, you know, that guy's a good year for being a head coaching candidate. You know, if yeah. Jacksonville goes nuts and Trevor Lawrence turns in, and I think we all think he's got now the AFC is much tougher because there's a lot of good quarterbacks, but. Um, he's got a chance to be a really good player. And if he turns into what we think he's going to turn into, Press Taylor's going to be a head coach in this league. I, I almost guarantee it. Yeah, that was an odd situation, John, because on, uh, the way everything fell apart, it wasn't that people, as I understood it, didn't think Press Taylor was a good coach. It was that they felt he and Carson had developed too close yeah. a relationship through yeah. family, religion, whatever you want to say, for one to be a fair and objective um, coach of another, but I think that there was that missing part of well, will Carson allow himself to be coached by anybody at that point that was that was missing um, in the equation? Um, and look, Doug, I, I applaud Doug for that. He planted his flag in the ground. You know, he met with Jeffrey Lurie after the year. They said they were going to meet again in a few days. The message was sent basically to Doug. When we meet again, you better have a better plan uh, involving your coaching staff. And Doug met with him five days later, sit whatever in Florida, and said, no, this is my plan. You don't like it. You can go the other way. And Jeffrey Lurie went the other way. And I, I remember saying to Adam on the podcast, because I felt like it was a just a bad overall thing for the entire franchise. You know, not a good look. <clears throat> but I, and I said, we're really not going to know 
whether the fallout from this is good for both, bad for both, good for one. We won't find a winner or a loser for another three to four years down the road because obviously Doug has to have another shot to coach and bring his people in and see what happens. And then Jeffrey's got to get a chance to move on and see if he can clean up the mess. And lo and behold, Jeffrey cleaned it up pretty quickly, and and Doug looks like he's about to clean up uh, or or repair his image and clean up the old Jacksonville mess. So I I guess it wound up being a win-win in the end. It's very – just an odd situation here's something that damn it just dawned on me i can't believe i never put this two and two together but just listening to you two guys talk why isn't carson wentz the jacksonville backup as of right now they got cj bethard everybody's got their backup eagles went out got mariota oh he's a little bit more like uh carson the the jalen hurts than uh, Gardner Minshew was. Everybody makes their moves with guys who have been somewhere else before, shown a level of confidence. I've never been a C.J. Beathard fan, to be truthful with you. I just, I don't think he's even a backup. Uh, forget about a starter, and sometimes backups have to step in and be starters for a game, two games, three games, four games. The longer you get, the more your season's screwed. If Press Taylor had that good a relationship with Carson Wentz, why isn't he the backup in Jacksonville right now? Uh, that's a good question. Why isn't he a backup anywhere right now? I mean, you'd have to know what he's looking no, there for. There are some teams that have better situations. They got better two quarterbacks than Carson Wentz. Sorry, Carson fans. There's, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of teams like that that fit in the National Football League. Jacksonville's not one of them. If you, like me, don't like C.J. Beathard, and those teams don't have Press Taylor as their offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, that's a fair question. I would say, you know, the season's – you know, just like why don't why don't the Eagles have a better linebacker? Well, the season hasn't doesn't really start for another three or four months, so we'll see. Yeah. That. Little, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a role. You know, you you have to support the starter, especially yeah. in optics could look bad there. Yeah, especially <laughs> uh, a starter like Trevor Lawrence. Remember Gardner Minshew? They got rid of Gardner Minshew not because he was a bad backup quarterback, because he's saying I want to compete. I want to compete. Right. I don't believe in he, – he didn't take a shit because he doesn't believe in number twos. That right. great quote of Gardner Mitchell, they're like, all right, see you, Gardner. You're not going to be the number one quarterback. We just took Trevor Lawrence right. number one overall. You got to accept that role. I'm not sure anybody thinks um, – there was a CFL quarterback. It was a great story. I forget his name. Um Oh, man. Anyway, Minnesota was going to bring him in to be the backup to Kirk Cousins. He's like, I'm going to come in and compete. And and, and, and they're like, dude, we, we want to we want you to be the backup. We want you. And, and they're like, all right, now go back to the CFL. Like Bo, Levi, Bo Levi Mitchell. <laughs> Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, Bo yeah, exactly. Mitchell. And he right. never got to the NFL, and that's probably the reason. Oh, uh, you have to. Jody, you know, I talk about roles all the time as third receiver versus starting receiver. Um, You know, you have to be a utility player. You have to support someone else. Carson Wentz going to do that for Trevor Lawrence? I wouldn't go near that. I think Press Taylor is smart enough to know that, even though they are close. Jeff is right. That was a big deal. They were probably – because remember, Press started out as the assistant quarterbacks coach. And John DiPolippo was the hard ass who was yeah. on. And by the way, he was on Carson all the time. And that's when Carson improved his mechanics and all that stuff. And then John left and it sort of be sort of went downhill. Right. So 
that was probably fair of the Eagles to say, look, you guys are too close. But it's hard to change that role when it started out. Like I'm 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 the I'm I'm the good cop to John DePolipo's bad cop. And then you gotta be the good cop. Yeah. That's yeah. that's more difficult to do. All right, so let me also, let me ask both you guys, because you know better than me, because you're there in the locker room, you got a chance to talk to him. I didn't. Let's just do the Carson Wentz tracking thing. He goes from being the massive big buck quarterback, had them on the precipice of the Super Bowl, oops, gets hurt. Nick Foles comes in, finish the deal. All right, next year he's the starting quarterback. Nick Foles still here. He gets hurt again. All right, Nick Foles gets out of dodge. He comes back. He's the starting quarterback. He gets hurt in a playoff game. Uh, the next year, change of coach, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't like the fact that he stinks and has a terrible year. And the Eagles had offensive line issues. And he gets – I don't want to play anymore. Here goes Jalen Hurts playing the last couple of games. Boom, he forces his hand. He gets traded out of town. He goes to the Colts, had the season that he had. It was so good that they dumped him for much less a year after than what they paid for him. He has the year that he has in Washington. They say, see you later, bye. And now he's been sitting out there for months. Are you telling me Carson Wentz's personality isn't going to allow him to go, you're a backup, big guy. This is your wanted life now. If you want to be in the National Football League, you must come in and go, I'm perfectly fine working with, working behind, helping out any way I can, even if I never step foot on the field, Trevor Lawrence take another step. Are you suggesting he's, he's so narrow-focused, his mindset is so, I'm that good a quarterback that he can't accept that? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's been a long time since uh, I've talked to Carson. I don't know what's going through his head. It, it, after last year ended, I remember saying, just thinking to myself, it wouldn't shock me if he was done. Like he's taken so many injuries. He's lost his job so many times. Every time he loses his job, somebody seems to do better. And, you know, he's made a lot of money, um, likes to, you know, do his own thing, hunt fish, got his wife and kids. I wouldn't have shocked me if he was done. It was only recently. He's still easy. Uh, I, know, I know you haven't missed it. John Gruden putting a quality time yeah, in with Carson. He's out Don't working sound like with a guy who's ready to pack it into me. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I missed this. What he's working out with John Gruden? Yeah. Yeah. Down, in, down in Florida. He's Boy, got that's John that's, Gruden. That's they're both trying. Sharing. Yeah, they're both <laughs> trying to reclamation. They're trying to reclamate each other. Um, uh, yeah, a bunch of guys are working out down there. Carson's uh, one of them, uh, which I think is a good sign. Um, sure. You know what? Part of the problem is, you know, he went out to work with uh, Tom House and company before the 2017 season, he had that great spike and then he stopped doing it. Yeah. And, you know, the mechanics started falling back. I think that was part of the issue. Um, and then, you know, my Bo Levi Mitchell comparison. Yeah. I, I was looking him up two time, great cup champion, two time CFL MVP, big fish in small pond. Couldn't accept a different role. You know, mm -hmm. Carson was a big fish in a big pond. Yeah, you, you got to knock yourself down. But now that we've gone down this route, which is kind of a Rome wormhole, I, I appreciate it, Jeff. Um, That's Jody, not me. <laughs> yeah, the backup, the, the backup quarterback situation is interesting this year because you have a guy with a ton of experience and Marcus Mariota, ton of starting experience, plays a similar style to Jalen Hurst. So I guess that's a positive. Um, do you think they've upgraded a backup quarterback uh, with Marcus Mariota? No. Oh, I get a no. No. 
I don't think they have. Um, you know, I, I've I, and I can be on an island, and I'm not criticizing the decision. You needed a back yeah. quarterback. He does fit the offense. It's interesting because I, you know, as soon as the signing was made, I said I'm not sure that this is. I don't based on just my own eyes of watching the Atlanta Falcons last year and watching him play quarterback, and then speaking to some personnel people after the signing was made. I'm not sure he's he can play anymore all that well. Uh, maybe a new offense and better weapons around him help. But there were – I'm telling you, go watch the Falcons last year. It's not like he was under siege every play. They have a decent offense. They have a good play. offense. They he got was better, missing yeah. Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts got hurt by yards. I mean, he just – he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn at times. And I don't know why or what happened. I mean, he was never a very accurate quarterback in the NFL to begin with. Um, the one thing you could say about Minshew, he's a gamer, you know, did he throw a few picks? Yeah, and caught that cost them. Yeah, but it's not like he was throwing it right to the opponent. I mean, Deron Bland had a jump in front of one of those against Dallas, one of those two picks. I mean, he won the game against the Jets two years ago. He knew the offense, and um, it's it's crazy. We had Jason Avant on our podcast uh, last week, Adam and I did, and I, I thought he was going to applaud the signing, and he said the same thing I did. He, he actually thinks it's better when you have a backup who has a different skill set than your starter. He said, I know conventional wisdom is you want the same skill set so you don't have to change the offense. He's like, good coaches don't really have to change an offense if you have a good quarterback anyway. You've got your weapons. You've got – you do what you do. You just want the best player you can to help you win games. I I'm not sure Marcus Mariota is the best backup quarterback to help them win a game or two if Jalen Hurts gets hurt. A couple of things. Number one, he did kind of throw the ball to Mark uh, Lattimore down by the goal line against the Saints in Gardner Minshew. <laughs> that and, one uh, he did. That was yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was kind of costly. And yes. I'll go way out on a limb and tell you, no matter how bad Marcus Mariota played in Atlanta last year, if he's got to start two games this year, he's not going 0-2 with this talent. And Gardner did go 0-2 last year. And I know it wasn't all Gardner's fault. And I will, Prescott I will put up a whole bunch of points down there in Dallas. I'll happily disagree with your confidence on that. I don't know what you've seen out of Marcus Mariota that would make you say that he would definitely win two games. Are these two games against the Buffalo, Kansas City, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle stretch? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, that, well, yeah Dallas, Dallas was a playoff game. New Orleans was not. So if you can find me two games in the Eagles schedule, right. where one's a playoff team from the previous year, one's a not a playoff team. I'll tell yeah, you yeah and that's the thing, you know, I, I thought, I thought Gardner, I thought Gardner played well against Dallas. Quez yeah. Watkins kind of let him down. Right. He played poorly against the Saints. If right. he played against the Saints, like he played against Dallas, they win that game easily, but he had a crappy game. Right. But so three starts, he played well. He played good, especially for a backup quarterback in two of them. And he played poorly in one, which is what you're going to get from a backup quarterback. And, you know, can Marcus Mariota do that? I don't know. If you took the number one pick out of his resume and just looked at what he's done as a quarterback in this league, are you really that impressed? I'll give you no, the two games. I'm, I, you know, I, I think he's a good backup because he's got a ton of it. That's what I'd look for in it. You know, I want somebody who's not going to crumble. And, sure. and he's got a ton of experience. He's not going to be overwhelmed by the stage. You're, you're, you're not going to have great players as backup quarterbacks. There's not even 32, let's right. be honest. Right. So I thought Gardner was a good backup, and I think Marcus is a good backup. It's interesting. Who's better? I'm, I'm more to – and I know Jody thinks Marcus is. I'm more leaning in your camp, Jeff. Not – I could be swayed. I, but I thought Gardner was a good backup, I, you too. know, 
And the Jets game, everyone said at the time, well, it's just the Jets. And Jody knows that as a Jets fan. It's just the Jets. They played uh, well. That, that did game. you make sure you say the Jets of 2021? Yes. Not this the Jets, Jets of 2023. It's going to be another story. Yeah. <laughs> um, we think. Hopefully for Joe Douglas. I like Joe a lot. But, yeah, yeah I think the Jets are going to be a good team. Um, and, you know, who knows? Gardner Minshew might get a month or so out in Indianapolis as a starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, is he top 32 in the world? He's on the cusp, Gardner Minshew. So I don't know if they upgraded there. I'm with you, Jeff. I'll give you the two games that would be a comp from last year. Uh, at Washington, home Dallas, weeks eight and nine. One team made the playoffs, one team didn't shoot. The team that didn't beat the Eagles last year, that would be Washington in Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, this one will be at Washington, home mm -hmm. Dallas. Yeah, I'm telling you, Marcus Mariota wins one of those two games, if not both. And, oh, by the way, if you said you can't go one and one, which do you think is more likely, 0-2 oh or 2-0? and oh, I'd say 2-0. and oh. And all I would say is, why? Why would you think that? <laughs> what has Marcus Mariota done to make you think that? I think the Eagles are that good. Oh, well, then that's different. <laughs> I, 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 all right, that I can understand, that you just think the supporting cast is so good. But eventually – all those great wide receivers, the ball's got to be put in their hands. That's all I'm saying. Understood. That's true. You need a vehicle uh, to get receivers the football. Uh, you know, and they do have a ton of talent. We were talking. I think CBS put out their top 100 players, and they had uh, nine. Uh, Jody informs me. I think it should have been 11 or 12. To be honest, this this team is top heavy with talent, but there are some issues, Jeb. And I keep looking at linebacker and I keep saying, have they gone too far? I agree with them for the most part, devalued position. I don't, I'm not spending Chicago money at off all linebacker. Um, I agree with all that, but I think they've taken it too far. I think they're, I mean, well, I mean, I thought that two years ago when they went into the year with Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. And you're no, right. Something like well, that. Well, Alex is a pretty yeah. good player. Or but... even before that. Well, Alex was. But the point is, you're, you're he was good, but not in the scheme that they were about to run. And then even the year before that, it was like Nate Gary and Alex Singleton, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at least N'Kobe Dean's a draft pick, a high draft, you know, top top third round draft pick, although he hasn't played, but yeah, I mean, there's no depth, right? I mean, Nick Morrow is right now your, your starter. And if he, one of those two guys gets hurt, then. But here's the, the thing, here, here, you know, and I, not that this is everything, but they gave Justin Evans 600 grand. They gave uh, Alameda yeah. Zakea 600 grand. They gave Nick Morrow nothing, Jeff. That's the crazy thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, and they're saying, "Oh, this is a starting linebacker." How yeah. is that possible? I, I I laugh about it on the podcast all the time. The guy signed so early too. If you're not going to get any guaranteed money, don't you just at least go a couple weeks into free agency just to see? It? All right, I've been I've been beating this drum for a while, but we haven't had you on, so I might not have run this by you, Moach. I need your take on this. Mm -hmm. 
I think all three of us agree they could use an upgrade at the other linebacker spot. Nicobe Dean's going to do what Nicobe Dean's going to do. He's going to get the dot in his helmet. He's going to be the leader of the defense. He flashed in the 30-some-odd snaps he took last year. That's another bone of contention with me. How the did he only play 30-some-odd snaps last year? But it, it is what it is, and we are where we are now. If Nicholas Morrow is not the answer – and despite Christian Ellis looking great, seven on seven in their uh, activities this spring, the Eagles come to the determination. We got upgraded that position. I'm a big Patrick Queen guy. The Ravens didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They drafted a linebacker in the second round who can certainly step in and take his place. John and I disagree on what the compensation would be for a guy like Patrick Queen. I think he merits a third-round pick in exchange. That's what I think you're going to have to pay to get him or the equivalency of a third-round pick. Darren Waller was traded during this offseason. One year, had a phenomenal year, and then last year came back to the pack, off-injured and the like, and the Giants were willing to go for a third-round pick for Darren Waller. So I think that's, that's the number. John says he's not going past day three, that he's drawing the line there. He's not going to get to day two. I'd be willing to do a third-round pick for a guy as good as Patrick Queen. If you can't get him signed, then he could be a potential compensatory pick. So it's not really paying a three if you're going to get a compensatory pick after the fact if you let him walk away. Would you give up a third-round pick for Patrick Queen to upgrade the Eagles linebacker position if you're the Eagles? Uh, I don't know that I would give a third rounder. You know, if he's that good, why are they not extending him? Would be my my first question. Um, probably would go a four and a six, um, something like that. I don't know if I give up a third rounder for him. I just, I, you know, I haven't watched enough Patrick Queen. I know what his pedigree was. I know he's great at LSU. I know he's a what he was a second round pick for the Ravens. Right, um, and first, he wasn't great his rookie year, but he was better each of his three overall. years in the league. Yeah, yeah. Like twenty eight overall. I, my my thought process: if the Ravens don't feel like he's good enough for an extension, then there's probably you know probably problematic there, and I don't know if I want to give up a third for it. But yeah, but see, that could be a Lamar thing. That's a whole. Oh, well, it's also pay they, the paid, they paid they paid they paid Roquan, so he can't right. pay two right. players at that position. Right, but yeah. but there's yeah. a couple things. And, and, you know, first of all, Baltimore thinks they're a contender. I don't necessarily agree with them, but, you know, they think they're a contender. They think, you know, they might have the best linebacking group in the NFL. Why not play it out uh, if you think you're a contender? Uh, but from the Eagles' standpoint, here's my theory, Mush. They're not paying him. I mean, he wants to be paid like a, right. a top-tier linebacker. Right. So it's, right. it's, a rent a player, it's a rent-a-player to begin with. Right. And and he probably wants an extension. So if he's moving, he probably wants an extension. Yep. I just don't see the fit. And and the Eagles proved it with TJ Edwards. Now he doesn't have the pedigree. But if you would have told me before free agency started, all right, seven million gets you TJ Edwards back. I would have said, All right, I'm doing that. Let's be done. Well TJ Edwards, Nicobe Dean, bang, let's go. Let's go yeah. to the Super Bowl. They said nope. Too much. Crazy, I, right? I, I, yeah. that's, you, you're not paying Patrick Queen anywhere near $7 no. million dollars this year. No. no. So in the fourth year of a yeah. rookie deer, he's like a million and change against the cap. I'm not giving no, up a third round pick. He's, he's, not, he's, not happy. he's not happy without the extension. Patrick right. Queen's not happy without the extension. Um, and they're not paying him down the road. 
No. So if, if if he plays well, they're not paying him. If he plays poorly, they don't want to pay him. Either way, he's not going to be here, so he's a rental player. That's my only Correct. point. Right. Um, and they and then, did they did they did okay this past year with two rental linebackers. They let Edwards walk out the door. They let Kaiser walk right out the door. Why would I shy away from having Patrick Queen as a rental? Well, he's a higher profile player, uh, and TJ was here. TJ was here, so TJ's a different category. TJ's just on an expiring deal. Now, yeah. Kaiser, they brought in, prove a deal. He wasn't a great player. Patrick Queen's a former first-round pick. He wants the fifth-year option. He wants a big-time expansion. He wants $10 million a year. You have a different mentality. It's what I was talking about with both Levi Mitchell. You got to have a mentality. He's going to come in as a rental player. He's not going to be happy. The Eagles aren't going to pay him. Again, we can talk about who the free agents are going to be next year, who they're not going to be. There's no guarantee you're getting a compensatory pick. But if he plays well and he hits a home run, you acquire him, hits a home run, and he's getting $10 million a year somewhere else, uh, you're you're back in the same boat. I, I just I, – I, I, it doesn't no, make let's a lot try, of sense. Let's try Nicholas Morrow out there all year. Well, I don't agree with that. There's a there's a happy medium. Yeah. There's there's a happy medium. And the happy medium is already in the back in the rearview mirror. Pay TJ Edwards goddamn seven million dollars. Well, he earned it. That that, that ship is sailed, Johnny Mac. You know it. I know it. Most knows it. He's gone. We both it, want to see him keep Edwards. It's well, done. I do think the next Eagles starting linebacker opposite Dean is probably on another team's roster. Yeah, it's probably not here. And he's gonna probably on the way out of that team by the end of camp the they'll flip a five or a six for him where they'll just sign him yeah. after he gets waived. It's going to be a CJ level trade and yeah. hopefully it works out as well as CJ. Uh, but what they give up for CJ a four and a six. Uh, yeah. Is that what you threw? Uh, yeah. And a it's going to be they that got seven back. So it was a yeah, two for two, yeah. but they yeah. gave up two higher yeah. picks. It's going to be that back. level of trade. Right. I agree. And it'll probably be mid camp to late camp. Oh, I'll uh, bet you that guy doesn't come in and play as well as C.J. Gardner-Johnson did. That's no, one bet I that, will make. That probably right is not right going to happen. That well, probably, probably won't be on the field as much either. You know, we'll see if Sean Desai plays a lot more dime or big nickel with just one line. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be big nickel. We got to yeah, go at Jeff P. Mosher. You got the P in there? Is that new? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I decided to switch it up when I, my blue check mark got taken away. So, uh, that, yeah, the blue that that was a devastating day. No blue check mark, but add a P. We like yeah. it. What's P stand for? <laughs> my middle name, Paul. Paul. Well, that's why. We oh, yeah, it used to be Jeff Mosher NFL, right? right. I'm used right. to saying that all the time. So I was Jeff, about to get uh, fresh with you for a second there, Jody, but I decided to keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise not to call you Paul if you cut. Promise not to call me Aloysius. I uh, yeah. yeah, my my confirmation name is a really. You know who else has that middle name? What's that? A New Yorker like you should know, Patrick uh, Aloysius Ewing. Ewing, correct? Oh, oh there yeah, we go. there we that's go. Uh, nice. Com- that's two good polls. Patrick yeah. Aloysius Ewing and Andrew Briner. Two good <laughs> polls from Jeff Mosher this morning. InsideTheBirds.com, Inside the Birds podcast. Download it where you get your favorite podcast. He and Adam Kaplan. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, Mosh. That's what I call him more than anything. More than Paul, more than Jeff. He's Mosh, and he's great whenever he comes out with us. All right, McMullen McDonald coming back to put a ball on the show.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, I say it's always a good time when we're running late because that means our final guest, second guest, we're having a good time talking to him and we just didn't shut up in time. So, uh, yeah, we're keeping it a little late today. We'll let you get out. You need to be here tomorrow for one very specific, well, two very specific reasons. Number one find out who Johnny Mac and Ed Kratz have as number 22. We've done 25, 24, 22 tomorrow on their SI list and find out which NFL information broker pisses off John McMullen so they can start tomorrow's show. Yannick and Doc way. He's coming here for four snaps a game. Not happening. Uh, so, uh, and oh, by the way, no AEW. So there'll be no Orange Cassidy uh, match for him to get pissed off no. tonight. So it's got to no. be an NFL insider who's going to get McMullen annoyed before tomorrow's show. But you know, I'll be back in 22 hours. Do us a favor hit the like. If you like today's show, hit the like button on your way out the door. If not, we promise to try harder right here tomorrow on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.